Hey, turn into Proverbs 22.6. Proverbs 22.6. Raise your hand if you're a prepper. You prepper? Okay, you guys are weirdos. <laughs> now, for real, uh, you know, we all always feel like we're Want to be ready for whatever, so that's cool, and uh, and you should prep for the days ahead. That's that's what this is about. This message is about prepping your family. It's the last of the two weeks on this preaching segment uh, uh, that I've been preaching on, and the last piece of this puzzle is is um, last piece of this puzzle is your family. Uh, and it's very near and dear to my heart. So uh, l- let me give you a definition of a family. It's a group of one or more parents and their children living together as a unit. So if you want the biblical model of a family, uh, it's revealed to you in Genesis chapter 1 uh, through chapter 3. Uh, if you want the world's view of a family, it will be perverted. Uh, they'll tell you you can marry whoever you want to marry and it'll be a family, but it's not according to the word of God. Now, this won't be a popular message, but it'll be something that you're going to need if you're going to move your family forward uh, in in Christ. Amen? You can help your neighbor because I think they're sleeping or they would have said amen to that. (laughs) Or step on their toe, whatever you got to do. 22.6 says, train up a child in the way he should go even when he is old. He won't depart from it. What does this mean? So, um, training... Is, is to teach a person a particular skill or type of behavior through practice and instruction over a period of time. You know, uh, we train our kids how to play softball, baseball, basketball, rodeo, boxing, all kinds of stuff. We spend a lot of money. We travel all over the country and all these different things. But this real training... Here pays big dividends. And uh, and as we get into the message, um, I'll release more to you uh, as the Holy Spirit has revealed it to me. But it really is a a great way to keep your family grounded in in a world that has gone mad. Um, and, And you guys are actually the recipients... Of, of someone praying for you and someone training you in the word. And some of you have been, some of you, some of you guys have been prodigals. You've been out there a little bit. You, you went out there for a while and, and then you heard your mom or she might have called you or she might have sent you a letter or she might have a Valentine's Day card or something. And always at the end of it, he or she would put a little scripture on it. And that's all it really takes to bring somebody back is just a little scripture. God's word is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Um, And we'll find that out as we get into the message too. And uh, I got a special treat for you. Uh, That's why the screen's dropped. So let's get into it. Let's pray. Pray for the offering. Uh, We got a special message from uh, our brother Adrian Rogers. Uh, who is who is for sure, by far, one of the greatest preachers that ever lived. Uh, so let's pray. Father God, we pray for the offering today. We pray uh, that we learn that this type of training 
is, is, is not only good for this, uh, this time, but for eternity. And uh, I pray that we, uh, we absorb it, we receive it, we understand it and apply it. So we pray today uh, for the offering and all those who are gathered. Uh, we pray for the message and all the families who are preparing for the days ahead. We give you glory. Uh, that we find out we reign supreme with you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So applaud the Lord and let the basket come by. How to be a fully committed disciple of Jesus Christ. A fully committed disciple of Jesus Christ. What is discipleship? What does it mean to you to be a disciple? Are you a disciple? The word disciple means learner. Uh, the Latin word discipio means to learn. Now, a disciple is a learner. You can be a disciple of anyone, but to be a disciple of Jesus is to let Jesus teach you. Okay, so far so good. Jesus said, come unto me. Now listen. And then he said, come after me. That is, follow me. A disciple is someone who learns from his teacher, his master, and then, this is very important, becomes like his master. Would you like to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? Now, before you answer, let me tell you, the answer is not as easy as you may think. Discipleship costs. Salvation is free, but discipleship costs. Are you willing to pay the price? You know, we sing, it pays to serve Jesus. It pays every day. It pays every step of the way, and it does, doesn't it? I, if I had a thousand lives, I'd give them all to Jesus. It pays over and over and over and over and over again. I'm always in debt to the Lord Jesus. But may I be honest and tell you, it costs to serve. It costs every day. It costs every step of the way, and today... We want an air-conditioned, upholstered, streamlined faith. Many of us don't want to pay the price. Notice here in verse Luke, by the way, turn to Luke chapter 14. Did I tell you to do that? Turn to Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. Get in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Come to chapter 14, and then look in verse 25. And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me... And hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Four things that discipleship means, and I want you to see them here in this passage of Scripture. Jesus wants disciples that will worship at any cost. Go back, if you will, to verse uh, 26. Jesus said, if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple, and whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Again, there's no fine print here in the contract. Jesus Christ must come before personal relationships. You're called upon to hate father, mother, wife, children, and brethren. You say, now, wait a minute, Pastor. I thought Jesus taught us to love. Well, he does teach us to love. 
As a matter of fact, Jesus here is not breaking the commandment that tells us to honor father and mother. Jesus is not telling us to hate our children. If you love Jesus, you're going to love your father and mother more. If you love Jesus, you're going to love your wife more. If you love Jesus, you're going to love your children more. The word hate here is used in the Bible sense in comparison. Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. He will love one and hate the other. Now, if you're working for Texaco, it doesn't mean that you hate Exxon. Uh, That's not what he's talking about. Not in the sense, but he's just saying you can't serve two masters. You're going to work for one oil company, you're going to work for the other. And so he's using the word here to mean choice. What he is saying is that Jesus Christ must come before any other personal relationship. Do you love Jesus Christ more than personal relationships? You must if you would be his disciple. And not only personal relationships, but personal reputation and his own life also. <laughs> now, now you, you, you're not even to love you more than you love the Lord Jesus Christ. To be a disciple of Jesus Christ, you have to take yourself off the throne and enthrone Jesus Christ. In many modern churches today, the theme is what? Fulfill yourself. Self-realization. Self-fulfillment. And and, uh, our churches have become sort of a cafeteria line where we just go by and pick up things that are going to make us feel better about ourselves. Uh, right, go ahead and rise up. We'll pray for it again. We, I'm going to take you in the deep end of the pool down here. Lord, let your church not be perverted. Let it not be a cafeteria. Lord, let it not be a, a place where we're concerned about our feelings let it be a place where we're convicted through the movement of the Holy Spirit. And Lord God, we'll put the world on hold as you speak through your love letter to us and all those who are gathered here in the sanctuaries who are watching at home. And we give you the glory for the outcome. In thy name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. One more applaud to the Lord as we get into his word you may be seated so what we're going to do is we're going to start out in Proverbs chapter 4 we're going to read the entirety of the chapter and let me just say this we know that the instruction of 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 a mother and father work to our children and our grandchildren because King David gave King Solomon his son this word he applied it he used it and as a result of it Uh, the wisest, richest man that ever lived. So be thinking about that um, as he's he's quoting actually some of the things that his own dad or his mom told him Bathsheba. Um, And you know something, I was was looking back at this and I thought, you know, this word was, think about this, close your eyes for just a second. This was 3,000 years ago that this was written. 3,000 years ago. Now open your eyes. And people haven't changed hardly at all. They're still 
basically the same way and and husbands and wives still argue about the same thing and kids are rebellious and and all that and you and you'll read that when we get in here and and I pray that you like in your in your bulletin here shall uh, has, has, has been so gracious to have a place where you can write these sermon notes down. Be writing some of these things down, uh, especially for the married folk that are here uh, to help you uh, with your family. So I'm prepping you uh, for the days ahead, and I got a special surprise at the end here. So hang on every word uh, because it's God's word, would you? Amen. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. So be attentive to what I'm saying uh, so that you can get the wisdom you need, basically, down to move forward in life. Amen? Did you ever get down? I mean, I, whether you're, you're breaking an apprentice in or you're talking to a young, young son, have you ever got down to where... You wasn't sure that they were listening or not? I didn't know if it was just like male on male, kind of like to young, or an apprentice. I'll just use an apprentice. When you're talking to an apprentice, you know they're not listening to you. And you, and you. and you get closer to them. Like the closer you get, the more they would listen maybe. And I'm like, can you, do you hear what I'm saying to you? And they'll go. That means they're thinking about their girlfriend. They can't wait till break time so they can get on the fire. Amen? Or, or if, if somebody's teaching, an older person is teaching a younger person sports or whatever, you swing the bat this way or kick the ball that way, whatever it is, and, and they'll go, yeah, we already know that. No, you didn't, or you wouldn't strike out. I don't say that, but I'm saying it for you. Same here. Same. 3,000 years hasn't separated humanness. Is that a word, humanness? It is now? Man, that's kind of cool. You just let things. I just butchered the English language here. You're like, yeah, go for it, man. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. All right, well, let's go. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast to my words, keep my, commandment, keep my commandments and live. My dad said the same thing. If you keep my commandments, you'll live. That's what grandpa said, Patrick. You just listen to what I'm saying. And my dad never made suggestions. He just said, do it. Say it with me. Just do it. Amen. We're pro-parents here. <laughs> here we go. Verse 5, get wisdom, get insight. Do not forget to turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her. Now listen to this. You girls are going to get a charge out of this. So now, now Solomon refers to wisdom as her, female. And I would agree. I would agree. And guys, you have to at least shake your head and go, yeah, we got to agree. Because if it wasn't for girls, we would have no food in the refrigerator. We'd shop at Bass Pro Shop and Rural King. We'd own a bunch of Harleys, horses, and fishing equipment. 
And I thought about that this morning. I wouldn't have toothpaste. John, I'm being honest with you. I'm brushing my teeth this morning. I'm looking. And, you know, my wife's always got an extra. And if she don't have it in the, uh, if she don't have it like in the pantry, she's got it in her purse. Oh, yeah, you got a, you got a, uh, you know, you got a tape and a hammer. Yeah, I got one in my purse. And when she gets like a little toolbox at the house, I end up adopting that because I lost the tools that I had in my. Don't act like it ain't true, man. There would never be any of that. Like razors, forget it. I'd look like, you know, whoever, Grizz, I don't know. So and I was like, man, I need to tell my, and I need to tell my wife I'm running out of toothpaste. And let's be honest when we're talking about, was I did this, so I'm going to do this here. It's not lost until your wife says it's lost. <laughs> Ladies, take a bow. Stand up, take a bow. Hey, babe, I can't find my boots. She knows where they're at. Where's my, say this with me, guys, where's my keys at? They're in your pocket. And then the refrigerator, we got to go here. Ladies, ladies, if you want to hide something, just put it right about here. Because this dude ain't doing this, man. I mean, he's not. The way we look in the fridge is just like this. He's like, I don't see it, babe. Where's it at? She'll come in and grab it. She goes, it's right here in front of you. Well, who put it there? Amen? And don't move anything for a dude or it's lost. He'll go out and buy another one. So he, he describes, uh, do not forsake her and she will keep you, love her, and she will guard you. So I'm prepping your family uh, for the days ahead. And, uh, and it's cool how God has a balance with the husband and the wife relationship and all that. And we're going to get into that as it goes. And, there, and we know, you know, Genesis describes your wife as a suitable helper, suitable for anything that you go through. Suitable financial, suitable physical, suitable, you know, with the food and the helping and just the caring and concerned and everything. And if it was up to my doc or if it was up to my wife, um, I would go to the doctor more than I go to. Amen. I would just, you got a doctor's appointment. I go, no, I don't. <laughs> you need to go to the dentist. No, I don't but they force you to go. Hallelujah. Uh, 
The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom and whatever you do, get inside, prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. So we're back to wisdom here, guys. Hear my son and accept my words that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom and I have led you in the path of uprightness. I've showed you how to walk with the Lord. I've showed you how to do what is right. You've taught your kids as you taught your grandkids this. They'll return one day if they're prodigals. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. If you run, you will not stumble. Keep a hold of instruction and do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. This is what you need to write down in your notes. She is life. He's talking about wisdom. And if you're truly wise, you'll accept the free gift of salvation that only comes from God. That's very important that you understand this because we're going to the back of the book at the end of the service. Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of evil. What does it say in 15? Avoid. Say it with me. Avoid. One more time. Avoid. So you know your mom and dad taught you the ways. You've been to Sunday school. You've been to church. When you're out, my dad was right. After dark, nothing good happens. And you know that when you was out doing your thing, you, when you was getting showered and you are going, oh, we're good. Yeah. Yeah. We're supposed to avoid it. And I, and I told my daughter that make sure that I would approve of that and God would approve of that. And you'll always be walking correctly. Amen? When you walk up to a, you know, a situation, there's a guy there and he's a smooth-talking guy. Say it with me, Mom. Avoid it. He's a knucklehead. Amen? Just, just pass him on by. He might have muscles, but he has no money. <laughs> Put them together for that. I got. <laughs> Look at him. I'll just move on. I'm not even going to touch it. Oh, avoid it. Not go on it. Turn away from it. Pass on, for they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. And they have robbed, and they are robbed to sleep unless they have. Made someone stumble, for they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous, look at, look at this. The path of righteousness is like the dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until the full day. And we're, talk, we're going to talk about the full day, too. All this super cool stuff we're going to talk about here. The way of the wicked is like the deep darkness, and do not, uh, they do not know over what they stumble my son, be attentive to my words, incline your ears to my saying, and let them not escape your sight. Keep them within your heart. So not only are we supposed to keep them in our heart, keep them in our sight. And, and I know a lot of times, I'm like you, you go, I know that scripture, but God wants to keep it before your eyes so you can bring this to, to remembrance when you need it to bring it to remembrance. It says, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all the flesh. Keep with your heart all vigilance, uh, uh, vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. And put away from you crooked speech, and put away devious talk far from you. Devious talk far from you. 
was thinking about that. I was studying, and um, I was watching this one. Um, I was watching this one video, this perverted video. And it was of a guy that was standing in a pulpit in a church building that was dressed in a rainbow outfit. I'm going to keep going. And they, I guess they believed they was having church, or supposedly. And he was up there saying whatever it is he was saying. And then down come the aisle was a man dressed in a tutu and had a thong underwear on. And the preacher, or so he called himself, said, we want to celebrate that the Queen of New York City is here today. That's where we're at in 2024. Where anybody that, that has a pulpit or a building believes they're having church. No matter how perverted they've perverted God's word. That's why I'm prepping the family today so you understand what a true family is. And it's described in Genesis chapter 1 through chapter 3. Eventually they're going to tell you you can marry dogs and you can marry horses and all kinds of things. But those are no marriages and those are no families at all. That's a perversion of God's creation. And any of those who celebrate it will be in the same pool with those who do it or approve of it. And if that ruffles your feathers, don't read Romans chapter 1 because the penalty is on you as well. And if you don't like the gospel, take it up with the writer, not the person who's preaching it today. You okay still? I'm just prepping you for the days ahead. You know, some, some people will say, oh, well, oh, Pastor, they're going to be mad at you about this. And here's the thing. I just tell them, stand in line. I got people mad at me all the time for preaching the gospel. The devil hates it when I get up here and preach the gospel week in and week out. He said, man, I wish I could get him to cave in. I wish I could get him to cave in like the rest of the preachers. Hey, hey let me tell you something. That dog don't hunt here. Um. I'm, I'm very concerned about the condition of our country right now. And, uh, and I believe the only way we're going to straighten it back out is through the gospel of Jesus Christ and, uh, and the local church. Um, mm. So back to, I'm going to go to verse 25. So I just, the, uh, I had to say something on verse 24. It says, let your eyes gate, uh, look directly forward and, and, and your gaze be straight before you ponder the path of your feet. Then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. So this is the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So I, I was good with that word and, and I believe that God gave it to me. And then my daughter called me yesterday. Well, I was in my prayer time. She said, Dad, I want you to send me a... a an outline of the of the end times uh, as we know it uh, from the book of Revelation. He said, because I'm, I, I'm debating somebody about a worldview of, uh, of what's going to happen at the end. 
and uh, I, I need a timeline on these things. So I, I broke it down. I spent a couple hours on it, and I sent it to her. And, uh, and I thought about that as, as I sent it to her. I said, uh, I thought to myself, you know what? A lot of preachers don't read out of the back of the book because they don't want to tell the people what really is going to. But the problem with that is, is if I'm going to be a truth teller and a, and a standard bearer, I have to tell you the whole book. Right? And then I have to tell you everything in between. So I did, and that's where we're going to go. So go with me into Revelation chapter 19. Um, and I'm glad, I'll be quite honest, I'm glad that she called me. And, and I'm glad that... Uh, we're a church that believes in love and loving everybody, but I'm glad that I go to a church that uh, loves everybody so much they got to tell them the truth. Amen. And 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 I just if you really love somebody, you won't lie to them. Marriages marriages don't work on lies. Parenting doesn't work on lies. Uh, so we as God's bride can't lie to God. 1911 says, then I saw the heaven open and behold a white horse, exclamation point. Mr. Cope, this is the back of the book. We're, we're, we're literally over a couple chapters away uh, from this, this being over. And, the, and this is why the family needs to be prepped. This is why the family needs to be prepped because there is a back of the book. And behold, a white horse, and the one sitting on it was called Faithful and True. In righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diamonds, and he has a name written that no one knows but himself. I don't see any unicorns or fairies here. Just an almighty God who's ready to judge against evil and good. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood in the name by which he is called the word of God. And the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure were following him on white horses. When Jesus comes back a second time, church, he's not coming in on a donkey like he was before he died. He's not coming on, a, on an animal of peace. He's coming back on a horse that represents war. And what he's going to do is the, is the same thing that Adrian Rogers was preaching about. I told you, I told you, I told you, I told you, and I told you. No more cafeteria smorgasbord where you pick what you want out of church. No, no more worrying about somebody's feeling. It's game, set, and match. Remember, when you get out of bed, you're going to offend somebody. Just make sure that it ain't God. Hashtag. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with a rod of iron and he will tread on the winepress and the fury and the wrath of God and uh, the Almighty. And on his robe and on his thighs he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Mm. 
we believe that he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, don't we? Lord means he needs to be first place, not only in your family, but also in your heart. Would you rise with me as I continue on to read? And I'm just fast forwarding for time's sake. I'm in Revelation chapter 20, verse 12. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were all, and they were judged, each one of them, according to what they have done. Ain't getting a lot of amens now, am I? Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And any, anyone's name was not found written in the book of life. He was thrown into the lake of fire. Oh, you can start, Crystal. Oh, we, hold on for a second, Pastor. We never went to that church before. Well, then you ain't been to church. You were at a social club. You were at a, a backslapping convention with politicians. They get up and lie to us every day. Oh, everything's just fine. You can do whatever you want. We're going we're gonna to glorify debauchery. Be who you want to be. Here's the deal. I can't come up here and lie to God's people. Because if we all ended up in hell, you'd chase me down and say, what preacher was it that told us we could live how we wanted to live? I want to get to him. He lied to me and my family. I love you and your families way too much to get up in this pulpit and lie to you. I got to tell you the truth. I've taken an oath to preach the truth. Not only in season, but out of season and every season. Let me end it with this. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Oh, church, you got to listen. And death shall be no more. There is no more death in heaven. There is no more death in the, in the new Jerusalem. Neither shall be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away, and God's people said, Amen. Amen. Enough is enough. Think about this. Here's the best way I can describe it this way. So let's let's just think about close your eyes and let me let me let me depict to you biblically what, what the new Jerusalem is going to look like. It actually has dimensions on the new Jerusalem. Think about this for a second. Let's just think about it as a, as a great big square. 1,500 miles wide. 1,500 miles deep. 1,500 miles high. Just the right amount, Steve, for all of those who call on the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, what a... 
and it'll be placed here on earth as we know it after the earth has been burned up from all its wretched sin. And those, Big Steve, who are born again will live inside the new Jerusalem. Just the right amount. There'll be mansions in there. There'll be colors you've never seen before. Now I got to ask you, mom and dad and grandma and grandpa, wouldn't you want your children to be in the new Jerusalem with you? You say, well, where are those who haven't trusted Christ at? They're in the lake of fire. Oh, I don't know if I like that gospel. That's too bad if you don't like it. That's the way it is. And if you're really concerned about the health of your children and and you want to train them in, in all the sports activities, train them in this. Let them know there's only one way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. And it's not St. Peter guarding the door. It's Jesus Himself. Oh, I'm going to keep preaching until you get it. And then He'll be standing there with a book in His hand. The Lamb's Book of Life. And when you go before Him, everyone will. He'll ask you this question. Why should I let you into my heaven? And your only answer is, is because my name's in that book and I've put my trust in you. And me and my family will live forever. Say forever. Forever's a long time. It would be, un- listen to me class, Franny, it would be unthinkable for me to think that my children and my own grandchildren wouldn't be in heaven. I forbid it. There's nothing more precious in the whole wide world to me than my family. Nothing. And I'll always tell the truth to my family. I'll always tell the truth to my grandchildren. And you should too. Because they're precious not only in your sight, but the sight of God Almighty. Let's pray for them right now. Can we together? I know everybody has somebody that they love at this church, don't you? You have somebody that you deeply care about. You have concern about them. So I'm going to ask you the first question that I always ask. Have you been born again by the blood of Jesus? Have you accepted the free gift of salvation that gives you the the passcode to get in the new Jerusalem? I hope everybody's shaking their head yes or at least saying yes in your spirit. Yeah, I've been saved. I remember the day I got saved. Let me tell you what that looks like. Open your eyes for just a second. Yesterday before I walked out of Moscow, the guy that got saved there the week before was waiting for me. And he wanted a Bible so bad. Then he came back. You ever, you ever yearn to own a copy of the greatest book ever sold? And I said, I said, his name is Jason. I said, Jason, I said, let me, let me sign that Bible so you remember the day you gave your life to Jesus. He goes, man, it, it was so awesome. And, 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 and his wife was there, and, and we had some time of prayer. And I think everybody ought to own a, a, a Bible that has the day they got saved in, or maybe it's on a calendar or something, or, you know, your baptismal certificate. You should remember that day, because that's a special day. 
we talked about the things of God. Now I want to talk to all the saints here today. That means those who have been born again. Do you feel like God needs to, to come up to you and grab you by the spiritual lapels and just kind of give you a little bit of shake in there, just shake you and wake you up a little bit? And, and I know some of you guys have been a little hesitant to share the gospel with some people because let's be honest, you, you're not sure how they're going to reply. See, here's the deal. Our job is to catch them. God's job is to clean them. And the, and the response will be up to the Lord. So, so let me pray for all the saints who are here today who would like to take the gospel to a lost person. If you have a lost person in your life, would you raise your hand so I could pray a, uh, just a mantle of, uh, of courage on you so you can take the gospel. I see that message right there. So, fa- so Father God, I just, I just pray, Lord God, that you just, you just uh, sear a, a, a solid message in each person's heart that is gathered here today that has a has a, a yearning for a lost person in their life. They're really they're really Lord, they're kind of scared that these people might not accept you. I pray that through the power of your Holy Spirit it, it cuts through all time and space. And as they pray right now for that person you would bring that person to their knees. Would you pray that with me right now that you just ask God, say, God, I pray that you you bring those people to their knees so they can be saved just like you are. And we'll glorify God together when we're living in that new Jerusalem with them. We pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. And God's church today said amen. Applaud him. Hallelujah.